Welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. We are one church in three locations, Pepper Pike, Ohio, South Euclid, Ohio, and Liberia, Africa. Together, we seek to widen the circle through our core values of diversity, safety, authenticity, growth, and forgiveness. To learn more about Garfield Memorial Church, visit our website at garfieldchurch.org. And now, may you be blessed and inspired by our weekly podcast of the message from the 10 a.m. Sunday morning Mosaic worship service. Garfield Memorial Church, widening the circle. Oh, look at that. I don't know how technology works. I apologize. Let's see if this works. Is this on? All right. Can you turn the house lights up for a sec? There we go. All right. All right. Can you guys see enough? All right. Everybody raise their hand. If the house lights get up, great. If not, no, no worries. Is everybody's hands up? I see a few that aren't. Put them up. Come on. All right. If you have been at this church for more than 30 years, put your hands down. Some of you aren't 30 and you put your hand down. Keep your hands up. <laughs> if you've been here longer than 20 years, go ahead and put your hands down. All right. Some hands went down that time. How about 10 years? Been here longer than 10 years, you can put your hand down. Okay? Five years? All right, look around. If you've been here less than five years, keep your hand up. Put your hands up. Come on, Noah, put your hands up. All right? Three years. Look around still. There's a lot of hands. Probably 25% of the congregation that's sitting here this morning. All right, go ahead and uh, one year, one year. A couple of you. Welcome. Welcome. All right, you can put your hands down now. Unless this is your first time, keep it up the rest of the service, okay? <laughs> that won't go well, will it? My name is Kurt Bissell. If I haven't met you, um, I'm the online campus pastor. None of the other pastors wanted to preach today, and so I got stuck with it. Um, it's really good to meet you. I want to say hi to my friends online. Um, it's always good um, to be up here, but also I love interacting with those folks as well. If you're ever not here, tune in online. You can go to Facebook. We have um, an online church platform that we use. You can go to YouTube, but, but still engage. And, and that's the, kind of the beauty of technology and the hybrid model of church that we, we love to engage in. If you looked around the room, as I said, there was probably 25% or more of the folks here have been here less than three years. If you go back three years, there was something rather significant that happened around that time, wasn't there? I don't believe God causes bad things to happen. It's one of the core fundamental beliefs of my faith. But I do believe that God brings good things out of the bad. That's the message of the resurrection, is that Jesus dies on a cross and is resurrected and defeats death. 
that death and sin are defeated at the cross, that God in every bad action in the world can bring something good out of it. And so he's able to take ashes and turn them into beauty, to take despair and to bring out hope. That is the God that we serve. And so in the midst of the pandemic, God gave this church a gift to allow us to relaunch this church. During 2020, at the beginning of 2020, before the pandemic, Pastor Chip and the church leadership formed a Vision 2020 team. And they met all through the pandemic, mostly online um, via Zoom. But they looked at kind of where the church had been, what the church's culture was, the DNA, who we, had, who we had been for years and years and years. And with those eyes, they looked forward and said, where is the church going to be in three, five, ten years? And so out of that, we developed the mission statement to connect a diverse people who share a common brokenness with Jesus. It was out of that mission statement that we have begun to live into a renewed mission to allow lives to be changed and renewed and the world to be transformed. Two weeks ago, we celebrated Easter. We celebrated the resurrection of Christ. And then last week, we had Baptism Sunday. And y'all were here forever. But what a good day it was. What a good day it was. Those are just a few of the pictures. Go back and watch the service again. Because that is, that is the fulfillment of this mission statement. Easter, the resurrection, is the fulfillment. It's the living into of that mission statement that we created three years ago. I was able to come with my family on Easter Sunday, and I sat here, and I had this overwhelming sense that this, this year's Easter service was the one we thought we were going to have spring of 2020. And there's a sense of God is renewing and relaunching what we're doing here as a church as this mission came out of a pandemic. And now we are being renewed and being made stronger. Many churches did not make it through the last three years. And I believe we are here today stronger than ever, relaunching, bringing in new people. The show of hands, I also did it at the Heritage Service at 9 o'clock. There was new people there as well. Something renewing is happening in this place. Now I want to talk a little bit about the, the mission statement a little more. There's, there, the action verb in this statement is to connect, and it's to connect with Jesus. The foundation of our mission as a church is to connect with Jesus, to experience the resurrection power of Jesus through the Holy Spirit in our life. If we aren't doing that, we aren't the church. We have to first and foremost connect with Jesus. And when we are connecting with Jesus, we begin to be renewed. But we have to start with that. Now, it, it doesn't stop there, though, does it? 
We also, we talk about being a diverse people who share a common brokenness. Now, we can't just be a diverse people sharing a common brokenness if we want to be the church. We're just a nice group of people hanging out, singing some cool songs, getting to know each other, but we're not the church. But we need both. We need both connecting with Jesus and to be a diverse people who share a common brokenness. We need it all. Because when we have at all, we see the kingdom in ways, we see God in ways that we cannot see by ourselves. When we are surrounded by people, engaging with people, living with people that don't look, think, or, or even talk like us, we see the fullness of God and the fullness of the kingdom in ways we couldn't otherwise see. I can follow Christ better when I am around a diversity of people. And not just a diversity of people, but a diversity of people who know they're broken, who know they need Jesus. It's not a group of holier than thou, I've got all my stuff together types of people, but it's people that say, you know what, I haven't figured it all out. I don't got my stuff together. And I need Jesus. But I also need others to allow me to begin to be healed for God to do that work of bringing good out of the bad. Can I get an, an amen just real, real, real quick? You are like, is he done yet? About a month ago, Pastor Chip gave, um, gave us a, an article by Carrie Newhoff and Carrie is a Christian writer, blogger, um, things like that. And he, uh, he shared this article, and it was basically, it said this, that um, people left the church and they're not coming back. Right? The people that left aren't coming back. Stop waiting for that. But he breaks those, they break the, the church into two groups of people. He calls them attenders, and he calls them engagers. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about what does it look like to be an engager in the faith. If you want to get that toy, please do. <laughs> looks like a Rubik's. Is it a Rubik's Cube? I love Rubik's Cubes. I digress. I apologize. But Newhoff says that there's attenders and they're engagers. And so if we're going to live out the mission of the church, we can't just attend. Jesus in uh, uh, Mark 1 says, you know, He's calling the disciples together. He's starting with Simon and Andrew, and then he calls James and John, and he says, come and follow me. I will make you fish for people, right? He doesn't say, come and attend me. Come and listen to the Sermon on the Mount and then go home. He says, come and follow me. If you just attend, you might get lucky and have some fish and, and, and loaves, fish and bread, but when you follow Jesus, your life is transformed. The world is changed because we are a follower of Christ. If we just come Easter Sunday and experience the resurrection power, but then don't live it out, we miss something. We miss the mission of who we are as a church. If we just come to the baptismal waters and then leave, we miss something. If baptism is just an event the waters will run dry. We live in a dry and weary land already. 
We live in a dry and weary land already, and we need to experience the living water of Jesus Christ on a daily basis. But if we can come into the waters and then we leave and don't come back to them on a daily basis, they will run dry. And I don't know about you, but I need living water. I need the living water of Christ to stay sustained in my life. So as Newhoff talked about being an engager in faith, being an engager in the mission, what does that look like? Historically in the church, we've called that discipleship. There's even a denomination called Disciples of Christ. And a disciple of Christ is just simply kind of to be a follower, you know, a, f- a fully devoted follower of Jesus. But what is a disciple? Like, it's a weird word. It's kind of a tricky word in the church because we don't see that word used anywhere else except within religious institutions for the most part. Right? You don't say, I go to work and I'm a disciple. It's weird. It's weird, right? Um, so I want to um, I want to kind of I want to propose a different image here, a different kind of metaphor for us to think about um, discipleship. Think about in, fully engaging in that mission of the church. So some of you saw um, I posted on social media yesterday. I'm going to do something that's never been done in this church before. Right now, did anybody see that post? I know a couple of you did because you commented. And then there was wrong answers only, and I can't say most of them here. What I did, who knows uh, chat GPT? A couple of you do. Here's what it is. It's AI, artificial intelligence. All of these tech companies created artificial intelligence, and they put it into their search functions. And so um, I have used uh, Bing's chat AI, uh, which is owned by Microsoft. But I went in, and I was like, all right, I'm going to write my sermon with chat GPT, with, with AI. So I, I, I started there, and I, and I said, you know what? I don't want to preach my own sermon. So I, I said, I told, I told chat, I said, preach a sermon about salvation in the voice of Chip Freed in Garfield Memorial Church. <laughs> so if you don't like this sermon, it's actually Chip's. Um, no, I'm kidding. Here's, here's what it said. I, 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 I kid you not, and I put it in a couple different times, tried to use the word not preach, and it still came back with this. I'm sorry, but I cannot do that. Chip is not worth repeating. No, it's... <laughs> Chip's like, well, I'm, I'm going to kill Kurt later. Um, no, it said this. I'm sorry, but I can't do that. Preaching a sermon is a serious and sacred task that requires a lot of preparation, prayer, and personal conviction. I cannot imitate the voice of another pastor or church without disrespecting their ministry and message. I can, but they... No, I'm kidding. Here's, here's what I love, though, okay? And I, and I only got one. I typed it in a couple of times. But it said, if you're interested in learning more about salvation from Chip and, and Garfield, you can visit their website or watch online services. They are a multi-ethnic, economically diverse church that reflects the kingdom of God in its diversity in grace. Wow. There is redemption. There is redemption. 
So, I didn't get to use it for my sermon, but I did use it. I asked chat, AI chat, I said, summarize an apprentice, what an apprenticeship is in, in three sentences. So this is what it came back with. Apprentices are a form of training in an art, trade, or craft between a master and an apprentice. As, as I read all this, it's a little bit long, but if I read all of this, listen to the parallels between following Christ and being an apprentice. The system of apprenticeship first developed in the later Middle Ages and came to be supervised by craft guilds and town governments. A master craftsman was entitled to employ young people as an inexpensive form of labor in exchange for providing food, lodging, and formal training in the craft. Apprentices Apprenticeships were also common in the professions such as medicine, law, and religion, and continue to grow in popularity and diversity over the centuries. Today, apprenticeships are a workforce solution that covers a range of industries and occupations. An apprentice studies, does the book learning, but also gets their hands dirty. They're not just a student, right? They're not just learning the books and listening to the lectures. They're actually doing the work, right? And yes, they are in a form of labor. They're, they're working, but they're getting something back as well. Isn't that the picture of what following Christ is? And, and take note of a couple of things here. So they didn't just, a lot of times, didn't have one apprentice. They had, they had multiples. And so they would eat together. They would, they would share communal sleeping. They would live together. And they would train together. Isn't that what we, we call the church? We call each other to do is live in community together, to share meals around the table together. That's what microchurch is. That's what the community free meals are. It's, it's coming together. Christianity was never intended to be done alone. Christianity was, is intended to be done in community. I might make the argument that you cannot be a Christian outside of a community. Now, there, there are denominations that will say there is no salvation outside of the church, and that's not what I'm saying. Salvation comes from Christ alone through the power of his resurrection. But can we grow as a disciple? Can we grow as a follower? Can we grow as an apprentice without community? The answer just simply is no. And so the renewed mission and the transformed life is fulfilled in an apprenticeship with Christ, our master craftsman. So I ask you the question, are you ready to become an apprentice of Christ? Are you ready? Now, to be an apprentice of Christ is not just to profess Christ but it's to put our faith into action. And so you, you heard the scripture read earlier, and this is really smart, I shouldn't have put it on one slide. Sorry, you heard it once already though. In James 2, James 2 apprentices are apprentices that 
put their faith into action. They do something about their faith. They don't just say, you know, if a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill. But if you don't give them anything to do those things, it's, it's worthless. Do you hear the edge and the tone in James's voice? He's not happy with some people. Like, this is the, this is the like, what kind of nonsense are you full, filled with right now? You can't have faith without works. You can't receive Christ's salvation and not do something about it. And in fact, when you do something, you're working out your salvation, as Paul says, with fear and trembling. So if you want to be in a, a James 2 apprentice, then you have to have works with your faith. It's words and actions. Actions before words. So back to Newhoff, he talks about being an engager. And I would say this, engagers are apprentices. And there's four marks that he talks about. He talks about engagers are apprentices who give to the mission, who serve with the church, who participate in community groups, and who invite their friends. So we're going to talk about these four things over the next couple of weeks. I want to spend a little time on that first one, to give to the mission. And when I say give to the mission, I do mean financially, okay? No apologies there. We'll talk about, you know, we talk about giving to the mission, you know, giving to the mission through our, our gifts and our service, you know, our time and our talents. But we also give of our treasures. And so we're going to talk about how we give to the mission financially. And so we, we see this, that apprentices do. They give to the mission. You know, just as I read a moment ago, like, you can't say, you know, go and be well fed if you don't offer the food. You can't just say thoughts and prayers. If I hear thoughts and prayers one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. I may already have lost my mind from hearing it. Thoughts and prayers don't change anything. Do we need prayer? Absolutely. But if prayer is the only thing that we do, then it is worthless if we're not putting it into action. Faith and works. And we give then of our financial resources if we believe in the mission. Right? If you believe, you're here because you believe that it is important to connect a diverse people who share a common brokenness with Jesus, then you give to that. Okay? So, I would say this. Apprentices know where and why they give. Know, know where your money is spent. In Matthew 6, Jesus says, For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Where is your heart? Where is your heart? If, if you don't know where you're spending your money or where you're giving your money, you don't know where your heart is invested. You can say you believe in the church, but if you don't give anything to the church, then do you truly believe in it? Now, this isn't a twist your arm. You have to give to the church. That's not the point of this, though. 
The point is, if you believe in a cause, in an organization, in a person, then you will invest in it. Because when you invest our, your money into it, you buy into it a little bit more. You, you are invested in it. Sports betting became legal in Ohio this, this previous year. And, and if you bet on a game, if you bet on the Sixers-Nets uh, game yesterday, I tried in the last service to say this, the, the, the Lakers game, but then I was like, yeah, LeBron is there. You can't really bet. Like, so a lot of you are already invested in that. Uh, some of you really wanted the Lakers to win. Others of you really wanted them to lose. But if I invest in the Sixers game, nobody cares about the Sixers game, most likely, unless you're from, from Philadelphia. People in Philadelphia don't care about the Sixers either, in case you were wondering. Eagles, Eagles only. So, and, and Dre, you're out on the hallway, but we gotta talk about that New York Yankees hat. I know he's not from Cleveland, but can we? Yeah, Pastor Theron and I are gonna talk to Dre later. So, but if you wagered on that Sixers game, you now have a little more of a vested interest in that game, don't you? And so it's the same principle regardless of what you do. If you want to know what you are, are, are believing in, go look at your bank statement. Go look at your credit card statement. Heck, go pull your tax return, which you should have filed by Tuesday. Or you filed an extension and you have six more months. Did I mention I work in finance? But go and look and see where you're spending because that's what where your heart is. See where you're giving because that's where your heart is. Know where you're putting your treasure because your heart also follows it. And we wanna know where we're putting our giving because apprentices are renewed by their giving when they're giving to a mission. When we give to the mission to be connect, to connect with Jesus, with a diverse group of, of people who share common brokenness, we're going to be renewed. Our heart is made new. At the end of James there, it says, for just as the body without a spirit is dead, faith without works is dead. Your faith will wither. The baptismal waters will run dry if we do not put faith and works together. If we don't give to the mission that we want our lives to be renewed by, then we will not be renewed. And so apprentices are renewed by their giving. And then lastly, apprentices are, transform the world through their giving. Some of you might say, Kurt, that's an awfully bold statement to make. But the reality is this, is Garfield Memorial Church, God is transforming the world through us. This little part of Cleveland, Ohio, of Northeast Ohio, is being transformed. And really not just there, because we hear stories all the time of folks all over literally the world that are engaging with us through online. The world is being transformed. We stand for something different than the world stands for in this community. That mission statement is not what the world values. And so when we give to that mission, the world is being transformed. Now we're not the only church that is being, being used to transform the world. 
but we are certainly one of the churches God is using. You are the people of God that God is using. And so I, I, would, I would end with, with this, is begin to think about how you're giving to the mission. Are you giving to the mission? And I would say this, give to the mission as you are able. But also I'd say give to the mission in such a way that your heart follows it. For some of you, thousands of dollars is just thrown away. It doesn't matter. I'm just giving it to the church because that's what I'm supposed to do. But it doesn't hurt at all. It doesn't move my heart at all. And so you need to give more. If you want to be renewed by this mission, you give until your heart follows. A dollar might be all that some of you are, are able to give, but that moves your heart. There's a parable about that somewhere in the scriptures, right? It, it, the, the woman who gives just a, a, single, a single coin gave everything. But give until your heart is moved, till your heart is renewed, till you are somehow transformed. There's a book I read a couple of years ago now called Upstream, and it's uh, written by a, a two brothers called the Heath Brothers. And the idea, um, the, the kind of the point of Upstream is it talks about how to prevent problems before they happen. It explores the psychological forces that push us downstream, such as, um, you know, various things. But the idea is that you're in a river and people are coming down the river and they're drowning. And so our, our tendency, especially in America, is to jump in the river and save the people. And then we feel really good about it. And you know what the great thing about the river is? Is there's always people drowning in the river. So we can always jump in and feel really good about it. But we also need to pause and go upstream and figure out why people keep jumping in the river or getting pushed in the river or falling in the river, whatever it might be. But figure that out and start to do something about that. I believe the church to renew the world, to be used to renew the world, needs to think about what are the root causes and not just what are treating the symptoms. Jesus died on the cross not to make us a better person or to stop us from doing bad things. He died on the cross to free us from sin and death. He addressed the root cause. I'm gonna bring him up here and then he's gonna cry. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Pastor Chip had a way better interaction. I think it was with him a couple weeks ago. So, how are you going upstream as you're giving to the mission? How are you going upstream? So the invitation this morning and over the next four weeks is how can we be, be an apprentice of Christ, growing in our faith, having our minds and our hearts renewed so that the world is transformed? Let us pray. God, we thank you so much for the gift of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the power of the resurrection, for the baptismal waters, for the renewing of our life. And Lord, I ask that you would convict us, encourage us, inspire us to go deeper in engaging in our faith, to be an apprentice of Christ so that we might be renewed and the world might be transformed. God, we can't do it alone. And so we look to you and we look to your goodness. 
Renew us, O Lord. Transform us. In Christ's name, amen.